Get in on the action and make your bet with Sports Interaction. The F1 schedule is heating up. Will you go with the O, Reliable, and Max Verstappen? Or take your chance with a potential surprise. Download the app in Ontario. Use the QR code you see at the bottom of your screen somewhere. Or head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn to get started. 19 plus, please play responsibly. Welcome to Nailing the Apex, everyone. I'm your host, Tim Haraney. If you want more Nailing the Apex, you can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Please head on over to Spotify. Give us a five-star rating and a follow. Same goes with Apple Podcasts. Write a review. Give us a rating on there as well. It helps us a lot. Uh, Miami Grand Prix review from my hotel room. And here to help me break it all down... From Scuderia F1 Pod, it's Mr. Mark Daly. How are you, sir? I'm doing. Thank you, Mr. Harani. It's uh, it's you know we're, we're, we're I was thinking I was thinking today we're almost a third of the way through the season. How did that happen so quickly? Oh, yeah. I know, but I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> if you want more from Mark, you can get him uh, on Twitter at Scuderia F1 Pod. Um, dude, let's get into this. Okay, yes, so let's do it. Max Verstappen comes from P9 on the grid to take P1, but before the start of all of this, he was booed uh, during <laughs> Oh, really? I missed introductions. that. I missed that. No <laughs> way. Really? <laughs> yeah. So we were, so I had grid access for the race, so got to, got to get onto the grid, and just to get onto the grid is, a, you know, it's a challenge in itself. Not a lot of people get that opportunity, so I was able to get the opportunity to go on the grid, and... They introduced Checo, uh, LL Cool J did the uh, introductions, and nice. they introduced uh, they introduced Checo, <clears throat> and then he got a huge standing ovation. Everybody's clapping and cheering because I think you know a lot of Mexican fans came up for the race, and then Verstappen comes out and he just gets booed. <laughs> <laughs> wow, like, that that's crazy. Like, what? Yeah, you know, honestly, like, um, like, come on. Today was like a bit of a crazy day, and I literally sat down to watch this one right as the lights turned green. So I, I missed all the good stuff. I'm, I'm surprised to, to hear that, but maybe not yeah. so much because I remember a number of years ago, like uh, covering a uh, Canada versus Mexico soccer game here at BC Place in Vancouver, and same thing. You got like a lot of like expat Mexicans living in the states. So I mean, being so close to the border, like tens of thousands of Mexican fans came up to cheer for l3 and you know they're you know they let you know if they don't like you let's put it mm. that way that that felt more like a home game for mexico that night rather than for for team canada so very much the same for checo in uh, miami this weekend yeah very passionate fans for sure um what did you think of the driver introductions i mean the last time that they tried to do this was back in 2017 and to give those of you listening a little bit of backstory on that uh michael buffer actually did the introductions uh for that and i know the drivers and the teams didn't really like the introductions and the hoopla of the build-up and really americanizing that side of things and Formula One quickly did away with it because nobody wanted it. And then it came back again for this race. So first, before I get into any more info on that, what did you think of it daily? Well, you know, when it comes to things like this, it seems like they they very much want to put like their own kind of like 
twist on the whole Formula One experience. I mean, we we saw that like um, like last year as well. We had the boats that aren't really boats, you know, like in the <laughs> that one part of the track that that kind of marina that isn't a marina. So they're trying to make it its its own thing. And I mean, wouldn't he kind of be like? more a natural fit to like the race in Vegas but maybe that's just my kind of thing I, I don't know I'm not really a big big fan of that kind of style of thing like I mean there's you know sure kind of make it glitzy and glamoury kind of like you know do that sort of stuff but at some point it gets a little little cheesy it gets a little bit over the top right yeah exactly and that's the way I think a lot of the drivers felt too I don't think many of them really um enjoyed the pre-race introductions a big part of it was you know drivers are out of the car for well over a half an hour and i don't think they want to be removed from the car uh for that long before getting back into it and then heading out to compete in a race plus they're standing in the sun they're in their overalls so it's hot and it was hot there today on sunday it was so hot here like ridiculously hot and I don't blame them. You know, as a former driver, I usually like to just getting in the car and getting going because, you know, you've got all this built up energy. You need to release it somehow. And then on top of that, it's hot and you need to get moving so you can try and at least try and cool down somehow. And even though racing in a car, uh, open cockpit car is not that uh, cool, you still get a bit of airflow at the same time. But Regardless of all that, drivers didn't really care for this one that much either. Uh, I liked LL Cool J's uh, intros. I liked the music that they had. It's kind of like this F1 theme song thing that they developed. I I didn't mind it. Uh, I like that they're trying new things. I just think they took too long. It just took took too long. Yeah, yeah. uh, yeah, you know, it just it, it felt there was too much. Like we, uh, you could have done something that was shorter. You know what I mean? Snappier. Get in, get out. Get it's, me in, get me out. I want the race. Exactly. It's kind of like Super Bowl Sunday, where like pregame starts at like seven in the morning. By the time you get to kickoff, the pregame's been going for like nine and a half hours. It's just like, yeah, I'm a little bit done with that. I, I'm very much like yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like have something, but kind of keep it on point and kind of keep it a little bit tight before people start uh, start losing interest. But are, are you mm-hmm. trying to say that that was maybe the most exciting part of the whole weekend, or are you, are you going somewhere with <laughs> with, with with this? Uh, you know, I it, it was like. Being being on the grid obviously was exciting. I mean, sure. I got to uh, I got to interview Vin Diesel. Cool. Was he fast Dude, and furious? You seen it. Oh, brother, this guy was all jacked up. It was awesome. Cool, man. That's <laughs> cool. So cool. I had one question for him. I just jammed my microphone in his face. So I'm like, Vin, who's winning today? And he's like, I just got a call from God, and he's telling me. And then he literally, he literally like blanks for a minute, and he's like, "Hold on a second, ask me the question again. I got to redo this." A towel man comes in, like towels his head down. Oh my to get goodness! Get rid of all the sweat. Oh my goodness! And then goodness. I'm like, "Okay, here we go. We're gonna go again." I'm like, "Vin is gonna win the race today." Shut my mouth. He's like, "I got a call from God." He's like, "God." That's <laughs> he's amazing. Like, That's he's amazing. Like, and, he's like, and "God's telling me." That 
I can't tell you who's going to win the race. <laughs> you know what? I, I sure hope that it's that awesome. somehow makes it into like your bumper, your intro for Daily the Apex. That that seems like like something branded, especially for you, buddy. Dude, it's posted on my Instagram. If people want to see it, it's incredible. Head on over there. Or the same with my TikTok. I posted it on there. But yeah, career highlight moment there for sure. Uh, made Sports Center and all that stuff. So it was pretty cool. Um, Got to meet Pascal Siakam. That was awesome as well. I got my picture taken with him. I was stoked. Cool. Um, cool. But, you know, outside that, getting to be on the grid is a, it was probably for me, it was it was a highlight of the weekend. I mean, uh, get, getting like on the Thursday, interviewing all the drivers that I got to interview and sitting down doing one-on-ones and whatever, and, and then interviewing like Lewis Hamilton and stuff like that. Like all that was cool, but... Man, the grid was just. You, you know what I love about else. being a, a, around cars is just the the look of them, the smell of them. You know, like it, it's just sound. like the, the the sound and everything. And I, I just can't imagine being around twenty of the fastest cars on the planet all lined up like that. That oh, is that so must have good. been an incredible experience, man. That oh. is that is really yeah, really you, cool. Yeah, if you're like a racing fan and you just yeah, like you said, Mark, like just love race cars. Being on the grid is like it's like you're it's like you're in heaven or Candyland or something, mm-hmm. man. Because like you're just looking at these Formula One cars are just like pictures. They're like art. It's just like you're staring at art, dude. And it's up close and personal, and it's real and it's alive. And you're just like, holy hell, this is awesome, right? Yeah. There's so much energy from it too. Ah, uh, man, that was cool. But now, as for the race, uh, not the coolest. It wasn't a great race at all. That was That's two races already. Actually, you know what? So far this season, I don't really think any of these races have been that good. I mean, we had some better races last year for sure. Um, but yeah, so far, it hasn't the racing hasn't been the greatest. They shortened the DRS zones for this one, and I think some of that played into it, Mark. I mean, I know they're... You know they're talking about tires and the tire dag, but I also think that the uh, the DRS zones being shortened as well. Two of them at uh, this one got sh- shortened by seventy five meters, um, and then the one in Azerbaijan, obviously on the uh, main straightaway, it got shortened by I believe it was a hundred. And some of the drivers feel that's a that lot. That that's may a lot. Have played into things. Yeah, yeah so you I, know when you think I about it, like, what do you like, what do you think, man? You you watch the race, like what do you think? What was your initial impressions? <sighs> Yeah, you, you know, like I, I think that the first ten laps or so were pretty exciting. I thought we saw some some good racing, uh, but I mean that can be said for for any race, you know, until things kind of settle down. But I mean, it kind of had its its moments here and there. It's just unfortunate that the way that this thing kind of like played out, like w- when it came to like you know the race lead, there, there, there was like a bit of a slow burn. I mean, you look at the way that that Checo went out, and you know he got pole position, and then you know, with that just that that, that sort of bizarre. You you know, top 10 shootout that we had and the fact that the Charles spins out and, you know, with like, what was it, about a minute and 50-something seconds, they red flag it. And then, so nobody really got to throw down that last hot lap right at the end of Q3. So, I mean, under any other circumstances, we don't see K-Mag starting on the outside of row two. I mean, good for K-Mag. I mean, I'm I'm not, you know, going to, you know, you know, try and disrespect his effort because I mean he he did what he needed to do at the time, and then luck played out in his favor. But you have Max starting from P nine, you got Checo at P one, and then everybody else kind of mixed up in between. So you knew things were going to be kind of like goofy to to begin with until things kind of settled down. But it was interesting because you had Checo 
starting on the mediums, Max starting on the hards, and I guess all the simulations predicted that the medium was the best tire to start with. But then you look, Checo goes in at lap 20, Max extends all the way to lap 45. So, I mean, Checo, he's doing 37 laps on, on that set of hard yeah. tires. Then Max is only doing a dozen laps on the mediums. And, uh, you know, at, at that point, it was just not like a question of if. It was basically Max is going to have the fresher tires for the last dozen of laps. He's just going to pick the place in the moment. He doesn't even really, I, I'm not going to say he didn't have to work for it, but he had the luxury of just picking the ideal spot, the ideal moment, and then just uh, taking it uh, taking as it there. But, I mean, it, it was great. Great, you know, beside that happening, Fernando, another podium. I think if it wasn't for, mm-hmm. you know, Aston Martin, specifically Fernando, I mean, at least I think he's really been a bright spot for, through the first couple of, you know, several races of the year, Tim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, we'll touch on Aston Martin in just a second. I want to jump back to Max for for a minute there because, you know, I felt it was really interesting with, um, with that hard tire compound um, starting off for him uh and we were talking before we started recording this podcast i was telling you about the pavement and and so for those who don't know um so the pavement there is brand new last year's pavement got torn up torn up because it was it wasn't very good it wasn't put together very well uh this pavement that they used again it was it was better than last year's but it was put together a little bit too late and from my understanding it may not have been power washed and so power washing really uh, gets all the gunk out of it and, and really clean cleans it up. And with this track, it just it wasn't that clean. It was uh, very tough to pass offline, and it was very tough if if a driver had to dump a wheel offline, then it was game over for them as well. So it was a very tricky track. Uh, it was a little bit abrasive as well, and then add on top of that the temperatures. And so for Max, you know, having to carve his way through the field from P nine. Uh, really doing a nice job simply because like those tires were overheating extremely uh, extremely high in Mm -hmm. this race and I think you have to manage that you have to find a way of managing that because once you get stuck in the battles for positions or you're behind other cars you're not cooling the tire enough and you're really putting it through its paces and for max you have to manage that and I think he did a good job on that end because that wasn't easy. Uh, that was, I think, very difficult for him. And um, I think on Sergio's side, you know, his story coming into this weekend daily, like six points back of the championship, and the weekend's not going great for him, right? It just wasn't. He didn't have a good. He didn't have a good Friday. He didn't have a good FP3, and then all of a sudden he gets pole position. But that's thanks to obviously Leclerc. Uh, putting it in the wall and then also max having a mistake and having to start p9 i think for sergio got a bit lucky on that on in that respect uh i i feel like this was a race where he could have taken the championship lead yeah, you know, it's funny because sometimes, you know, luck has a lot to play with it. I mean, you, you can do everything right 
and things just uh, you know fate works against you i mean you look at max i mean uh, i was talking about with uh, with hammy earlier uh today just uh, you know texting back and forth like lewis during the, the the mercedes glory years like how often did he put a wheel wrong he never did every time he needed to throw down a fast lap he he was on it all the time. And, and we're seeing max verstappen doing the same thing over the past uh, you know year or two right i mean he rarely puts a, a wheel wrong so you see this uncharacteristic little wobble in that first uh, you know his first time out in q3 and I, when that happened, I was just like, well, that's kind of unusual for Max, but yeah, he's going to come back. He's going to throw down an incredible, eye-wateringly fast lap. He's going to nail pole. And then when, when Charles went off and stuffed the car into the barrier with a, like a, under two minutes to go, I was just like, huh, I didn't expect to see that coming. But, you know, again, Sergio, despite not having a great weekend till that point, somehow finds himself on, on, on pole position. But I mean, come on, let, let's let's ask the obvious question now. Max starting in P9, did anybody think that this guy wasn't at least going to end up on the podium? Wait, go back to Spa last year. He starts in P14. By the time he gets to the end of lap one, he's already up in P9. I mean, I feel like yeah. this guy feels like this is almost like it's like a video game. I mean, it's, it, it's incredible to watch him slice through the field. I feel sometimes like I remember watching, and you know, sorry to ramble on here. I remember watching, and no, I can't no, remember what good. year it was, uh, Malaysian Grand Prix. Michael Schumacher starts from the back of the the, the grid. He carved all the way, his way all the way through the the grid through the running order to win that race. And I feel that Max. I mean, obviously, we're not going to make those comparisons to Michael Schumacher yet. He needs like five more chips to catch up to to Schumi. Yeah. But I mean, just just like Michael, it just like it didn't matter where he started on the grid. It was just like you know you just figure that he's he's got a shot to win a race no matter where he starts on sunday yeah. afternoon man it's crazy well that's that's the thing with perez though like he i think he had an opportunity here to really take this lead in the championship and i think it's he i, I don't want to say blew it but at the end of the day i mean you know max went from what was it p14 or p15 in saudi arabia to Mm -hmm. P2, I think it was. I honestly didn't think Max would have a chance at winning today's race, Sunday's race. I I had a feeling like he was going to podium for sure. No issues there. But I didn't think actually, you know, come out and win. So, you know, at the end of the day, I think Sergio might have let one get away here. And, you know, I was interviewing him after the race and the body language. And it was... Uh, it was weird because, you know, Fernando came over and I said, hey, you know, congratulations, Fernando. And, you know, started to talk to him about, um, you know, had this being his fourth podium and just, you know, talking good stuff. And then Max came over and I said, hey, congratulations, Max. You know, let's talk about this statement win. And, and Sergio came over and you could just see the look on his face. And I'm like, maybe don't congratulate him because he might not want you to. So it was kind of one of those where <laughs> read between the kind lines. Of just kind of thing. He, yeah. He wasn't too happy, right? Like he, he may, you know, play the team game, say the things, whatever. And yeah, he just didn't, he wasn't into it. He wasn't into the interview and he wasn't into any of the interviews. Yeah. So it's, you can just tell, I, I think he, I think he, I think he thinks he'd let one get away today. 
Well, I mean, if you look at the championship after Baku, there's only six points between these two guys. Now you, they're leaving Miami. There's 14, so Max yeah. has got a little bit of daylight between him and 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 Checo now. So you can see why he would be a little bit, uh, you know, upset and frustrated that you know he let one, like you say, get away. But it was interesting how the the tire strategy worked out for them because, mm-hmm. you know, like. You know, you hear Christian like talking to to Crofty and Martin Brundle, like during the uh, during the during the race, and he was basically saying that all the predictions, all the models that they had, said that the the, the medium was the tire to start on, and then you heard Max at the end of the race saying, "Well, you know, we actually started talking about this, uh, you know, flipping this thing around as early as yesterday mm-hmm. afternoon on Saturday." So it was it was kind of interesting to hear those two kind of contrasting statements from from Christian and from 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 Max. I mean, obviously it worked out great for Max because he. I mean, I I didn't think I'd see anybody get forty five laps on on those hard tires, but but he did, and they didn't look too horrible, you know, all things considered with the track surface. So I mean, they uh, they they really called it well. I mean, you know, you got to give them props for that. Yeah. Another team that called it well was Aston Martin for uh, Fernando Alonso. Uh, like we discussed, you know, Alonso coming coming home th- third. And, you know, it's interesting because, uh, you know, obviously his fourth podium of the season. But outside of that, I – I, man, you know what? I think they're going to be able to get a win this year. I really do. Oh, man. I hope so. I mean, I I, I loved it. I went back and watched uh, the end of qualifying again yesterday because I, I'm not going to lie. When it comes to Fernando, over the past 20 years, I've had a love-hate relationship with Nando, and a lot of a, t- a lot of the time, it's been a hate relationship. But I have to admit, you know, Dude. we flip that around. I mean, I love watching. I love happy Fernando. Like, like we see that big smile on his face. He just he looks relaxed. He looks calm. He looks confident. He looks good in the car. You know, I love like the you know, like, I love the way that he kind of like hemmed it up a little bit with Danica after qualifying on Saturday. He's just like in such a good headspace. And I mean. I mean, his worst finish this year is is a P four, and the car man, it looks good. Like I was just, um, you know, just yeah. watching, just you know, riding, like following in Fernando's in car camera for a lot of the time today. I mean, the car just looks solid. I know it's still a little bit draggy compared to say the Red Bulls, but I mean, they they got a good car there. They, I mean, that AMR twenty three or whatever they've called it, it's that's a yep. good good car. Yeah, it has a really great baseline for it, and I think that's just so positive for them to build off of. But the same thing goes for not only the baseline, but also um, creating a car for the the future. And if you have a strong baseline, you have something great to build off of. So it's super exciting mm-hmm. for this team. And um, I know some folks who are close to the situation there, and... All of them say this is peak Fernando. This is just peak Fernando. This is some of the best Fernando has ever been. And, you know, that's exciting for anyone who's either a Fernando Alonso fan or someone like myself who's just watching in on all of this and getting Mm -hmm. to experience and see what he's been able to do. I have a feeling that he could have a chance of getting an outright win sometime this season i have a feeling they're going to be strong in monaco i have a feeling they're going to be strong in spain and then once more upgrades start to come to this car i think they're just they're going to start chipping away at that red bull lead um and you know that 
the competitors still haven't brought the big upgrades yet, right? So mm-hmm. we have to see what happens when Great that point. happens. Like Mercedes, you know, George Russell coming in fourth, right? That is with a car that doesn't have uh, really anything upgraded on it. And at the same time, you know, they had a horrible weekend. It was brutal daily. It was up and down. It was a roller coaster for both Russell and Hamilton. And for them to come home fourth and, I believe, sixth for Lewis. Sixth. I mean, I don't yep. think... Yeah, speaking with George, like, he was telling me, like, we will take this. He's like, we didn't expect it. But he's like, hey, you got to... You got to take them when you can get them, and at the end of the day, I I have a feeling they're they're uh, they're not going to be too sad to see this car go because they have a big upgrade coming for Imola. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's going to be any long faces in around Brackley once that that car goes, or any of Mercedes <laughs> yeah. fans. I mean, wow, to see Lewis only qualifying in 13th and, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and pity Lewis. I mean, considering that, you know, the, the amount of like, you know, silverware he's had over the years. But I mean, this is Lewis. I mean, come on. I mean, th- this guy is not a guy that should be starting in, in, in P13. So it, it's frustrating from from that sense. But, you know, that that being said, I mean, I didn't expect to see him claw his way that that far up. I thought I'd see Lewis in the points, but to get up as high as p6 i mean considering he was on the radio with with bono early in the race saying i don't know if this is going to be a car that we're going to be able to bring home today i, I don't know what uh, you know the, the issue actually was but i mean he kept fighting and you know, a p4 and a p6 for, for for mercedes yeah it's it's not what they're used to and you know it's it has a bit a great start to the season but you know you take your I wouldn't say a win, but, you know, at least a moral victory. You, you take those wherever you can. It's just like we probably we have weren't deserving of these points, but you take them, go home, and, and hope that the uh, the factory delivers those, those upgrades pretty darn quick. Yeah, because I think at the end of the day, you know, when I was talking to Lewis on Saturday and he was telling me that he's praying for rain, he's going to hope that it's going to rain because that's the only chance that he was going to have of of getting – uh, good points on Sunday, but lo and behold, like, man, he really pulled out a strong drive on on Sunday. It was impressive to see what he was able to do with that car because hard to pass at this track. Extremely hard. As soon as you get off line, very, very difficult. And if you're not right up on somebody coming off that back straightaway and in the DRS, there's just no chance. It's so difficult. And for Lewis and the team to work to, to to work out the right strategy, but at the same time for Lewis to pounce when he needed to, very very impressive uh, results um, from both George and Lewis. Um, and we'll keep we'll scroll through just a few more because I know we got to bounce. But uh, Carlos Sainz, I mean, I think for for Carlos and Ferrari, we can talk Ferrari as a team as a whole in a second. But for for Carlos Daly, did you? What did you think of his performance um, this weekend? Because he's coming off a pretty difficult Azerbaijan Grand Prix, and I think the confidence was uh, he took a yeah. he took a big hit to the confidence there. Uh, I, I think so too. Like, and, and again, I mean, th- this feels like the car itself is just like um, you know. Uh, basically the same thing that we had like last year. I mean, 
as yeah. frustrating as it is to to watch, you know, like the lack of real like top end high end competitiveness with the Mercedes. I mean, Ferrari, it's just a, a struggle. And you know, I, I know that this is a team that Fred Vasseur really needs to wrestle and kind of really put his mark onto it. And until they they can de- design like a a Frederick Vasseur backed Ferrari, I think it's going to kind of be more the same. And I think when when you're struggling with everything, I think that just you know that that just trickles down to everyone. Like you, you know, and and yeah. I think that's where we're seeing that kind of effect. Um, with with Carlos, I, I just don't think he's in that optimal headspace, and I think that when there's just so many little like little things kind of like not going right, I think that uh, it just I think it's got to affect you, man. I think it really does. Yeah, yeah, big time. And I think for Carlos, this was somewhat of a a bounce back for him to just get back on pace with the car and what he can do. So confidence wise. I think it was good for him, but finishing P5, obviously, is not what he wants. Same with Charles Leclerc, finishing P7. Yeah. Again, like we talked about that crash that he had on Saturday, uh, yep. just going over the limit a little bit too much. And then I got to talk to Jacques Leclerc, who's the performance engineer for uh, Charles Leclerc, so almost like a driver coach sort of deal. Um, but getting to sit down and, and talk with uh, Jacques Leclerc um, from Ferrari on, on Sunday afternoon was pretty insightful um they he basically said that the team doesn't want Charles to uh stop pushing and stop you know reaching for those limits because of there's going to be races where that one lap pace that he's able to do is going to pay off for them and they don't want him to try and you know pull himself in a bit they want him to still be aggressive but for the Ferrari fans out there I don't know if you would start to question whether or not this is the team's number one driver going forward. I mean, his one lap pace, he's always so fast in qualifying daily. It's just sometimes mm-hmm. in these races, he just struggles mightily or has a mistake or just something. And then this weekend, you know, having two incidents yeah. as well, like... They, you yeah, know what? They, they both seem distracted to me. You know, like those Ferrari drivers. Yeah. Like maybe you can add a little bit of context to that. But I mean, you know, yeah. Charles, like he can't keep it on the track all weekend. And then Carlos, you know, get, getting like the speeding, you know, five second penalty. You know, it just seems like, you know, there, there's a lack of focus there, you know, at Ferrari, like in the cockpit. It just, um, it, I just can't quite put my thumb on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it's. It's almost like the whole team is still just trying to reorganize itself after Mattia has gone or let go, mm-hmm. however you want to look at that. And Frederick Vasseur coming in and putting his fingerprints on the team and what's he going to change, what's he going to leave, and all of these moving wheels and this big giant cog, you know. And I think on top of that, they're trying to uh, experiment with different setups on the car to try and find a balance between the race setup and the qualifying setup because you have to remember that you know they don't set the car up just for qualifying they set the car up for qualifying and race and try and find that happy medium in the middle and so when they do that then it gets put into park for may conditions and you can't touch the car anymore with uh, setup changes And one of the things I think they're doing with this car is just trying to find where that balance is, where they can still have the one lap pace, but uh, stop the tire degradation within the race. Because 
the tire degradation that they're having is some of the biggest on the grid. It's got to be. I mean, the the amount that that car chews through tires is re- remarkable. They brought a new floor for this weekend daily. Leclerc doesn't even feel it really works. And hmm. they're not really too sure, I think, what they're they're getting from it just yet. And it wasn't like an entirely new floor that they brought. There was just um, certain parts of it. So I'm curious to know if this is just something that they were running to get some data off of. That's what I'm curious yeah. to know. Well, you know, if uh, you kind of have that feeling that, you know, this isn't going to be our year, why don't we, you know, try and get as much out of the car as we can, but try and get, like, uh, data out of, mm-hmm. you know, some of the bits that we put on the car and, you know, really apply that to next year. Because, I mean, it's obvious that the car isn't quite capable to do what they want it to do. And, I mean, I think that goes that, that goes in terms of setups and, you know, what, what the drivers are trying to extract out of it on the track. It just it's it's so limited it's just like you know you know it, it looks to be like they're they're pushing this car to the edge of the envelope all the time and it's a pretty small envelope and i i think that's what yeah. we're seeing but i mean the, the whole like speeding in the pit lane thing with carlos that that just that, that that's a mental lapse too and and charles as well it's just um it, they they remain to be a frustrating team, but I mean, at least some of the bizarre calls that we see made on the pit wall on a Sunday afternoon, those seem to have disappeared for for the most part uh, since, since Vassur mm-hmm. showed up. So, I mean, there, there's hope there. It's just that, you know, I think if you're hoping for a quick turnaround with the new guy coming in, I think as a fan, I think you're going to have to try and maybe temper some expectations until, like you say, he could really put his fingerprint on this team. Yeah, it's it's going to be tough for Ferrari for a while, I think, to try and really claw back performance. Like I was saying, you know, the one-lap pace is great. It's just the race pace that is not great. And Sunday's yeah. where you get the points, man, and that's where you get the podiums. That's where you get the wins. Uh, Pierre the Gasly, Esteban Ocon. Yeah, the glory, exactly. Uh, the two Alpine drivers coming home, uh, eighth and ninth, collecting good points for the team. That's good for Alpine. It's been a pretty horrible uh, two races coming in to, to this one. Uh, Australia, obviously, both of them taking each other out, and then the mishaps that happened in Azerbaijan. And yeah, good result for, for both drivers. Uh, Kevin Magnussen for Haas, uh, taking the last points paying position. K- good K- for K Mag, man. man. Like he was, yeah, he yeah, was on it. it on, uh, he was on it on Saturday, dude. That guy was. He was flying, bro. Like, he was really, really good. And you know what? One of the things with uh, K-Mag that I, I just I love is that the guy just throws it on the line all the time. He's still he's just a racer's racer. Yeah. That's what he is. It's great. And I love to see it. And it was a surprise to see him that high up, up, up off the, on the grid. Um, talking to him on Saturday, you know, he wasn't – he was telling me, you know, he wasn't too sure how this was – was going to go on Sunday. He didn't think that uh, he was going to be able to hold on to that uh, fourth place. Sure enough, he wasn't. But still, daily, 10th points for Haas. It's got to be good. It's great. I mean, compared to being like um, Nico Hulkenberg, he comes home in P15. So I think this is a great result for Haas, great result for K-Mag. And like you say, I mean, by the time the race started and things started to sort themselves out, I don't think it's, you know, it, it's too unfair to say that K-Mag was going to kind of like drop down the race order a little bit. But what I love about K-Mag is, like you say, he's a racer's racer. And this guy does not give you a single millimeter worth of space. I mean, he pushes you hard. If you're going to get your car in front of Kevin Magnus, 
citizen's car, you're going to have to really, really work for it and pick like the, the the most optimal place to do it because he does not make that 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 easy. He races everybody super hard, and it, it it was fun to watch. And I thought it was really cool watching him mixing up with Charles, only to watch Max fly by on the inside and, and yeah. pass both of them, and then then Charles end up losing out on top of that because K Bag puts his ass in front of the yeah. Ferrari. I thought I thought it was good stuff, man. It was it was fun to watch. That was that was a bright moment in the race for sure. Uh, we'll talk about Lance Stroll uh, real quick. Coming home twelfth. Uh, we'll go back to Saturday. So the team uh, put Lance on a, a pretty aggressive strategy. That's what Tom McCullough told me, and Mike Crack also told me that on Saturday evening. And it was probably too aggressive where they were trying to get Lance through on one set of softs, leave two sets of softs for Q2 and leave one set of softs for uh, Q3. And yeah, just a a bit too aggressive with that strategy. He only missed out by a few tenths. Uh, But at the end of the day, that that essentially what he was telling me on on Sunday, what Lance was telling me, you know, it's essentially what kind of killed his race. And he felt that if he had of had a few more laps towards the end he probably would have gotten to the points uh because he felt that there was quite a bit of uh life left in that medium tire that he was running uh just a difficult weekend for lance i mean it's um tough too at the moment too simply because he's still learning the car because he had missed so much time in it and then on top of all of that i mean fernando is operating at a really high level right now yeah, I know. Totally right. I mean, look at Fernando. He's got four P3s and a P4 so far this season. You compare that to Lance. Lance has only one top five finish. That came in Australia when he came P4. He had the DNF in Saudi. And then, you know, 12th uh, today. I, I just want to know, like, in, in your conversations with Lance, does is, is he in a good spot right now? Like, does he have any lingering after effects from that injury he had in that cycling accident right before the start of the season? Because I feel that, like, not only is Lance still learning the car i just feel like lance isn't there, there, there's something not firing in all cylinders i just don't know if it's physically he's where he wants to be yeah he's uh starting to feel better i think um it you know it's uh it, watching him get out of the car today still i'm not sure how much weight bearing he can do on his on his wrists just yet so i still think he's got a little bit of uh, pain going on there, and he's just been battling through it. Uh, on on top of all that, you know, it's like I've said before, it's it's just missing the brain test is so critical because it's it puts you behind, and the reason it puts you behind is you're not learning where the limit of the car is. You're not getting those laps. You know, now you're you're in race situations where you know for the most part drivers already kind of know where the limits of the cars are because they were able to do the testing and you can't really experiment too much with pushing those boundaries like think about it you know how many laps do you think these drivers get in a weekend daily not that many. It's not like the '90s, like in the old days, where you could you could go racing on a Sunday and then go back to the the the, the factory on Monday and just jump in the car and drive all yep. week long, right? I mean, they, you know, I well, I mean, you you get whatever you get the race distance plus qualifying plus practice. It's it's not a lot, is it? And the thing with the race distance is it's different, right? You're not yeah. you're not pushing the car to the limit. You can't. 
You can't take the car to the limit. You can't take it to those qualifying limits because you know what happens? You lose the tire, you run out of fuel, and you strain the engine. So you can't do any of those things. So again, you're not pushing you're not pushing that boundary. So then when can you do it? Can you do it in qualifying? I mean, yeah, I guess, but then at the end of the day, what happens when you step over that limit? You're you're going into the wall, and you're costing the team money, and you're costing yourself track time. And then in practice, well, you're working on your race simulations, and you're using some of the push laps you, that you do get to sort of build that confidence up again. So it's mm-hmm. it's just it's it's a it's a negative spiral, and it's one that uh, he'll work through. And you know, he's already starting to get closer to Fernando. I mean, in some sessions, he's you know, only a tenth off or two tenths off. So he's already starting to come a long way, I mean, from where he was. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm not too concerned with Lance. I think he's he's fast, man. I think he's going to be fast. He's going to be able to keep up with Fernando. Um, I want to talk about Logan Sargent because this was his home race and difficult one for him. Yeah, because he... Finishing- P- he literally P20. grew up 10 miles away or something like, didn't he? Yeah, he was sleeping uh, in his Lauderdale. own bed, That's man. awesome. He was sleeping in his <laughs> That's own amazing. bed for this one. Yeah, it's pretty, That's cool. yeah, pretty good, eh? Um, yeah, I mean, it's good, good on Logan. Uh, you, you know, it's that's a tough car to drive. It, it really yeah. is. And I think he's doing his best job as he can as being a rookie and coming in and coming to tracks that he's never driven on or been to. Um, I don't want to make excuses for him, but he's in a tough spot. That's that's a hard thing to do. And uh, I think for Logan in this race, you know, got a little bit of wing damage off the start, and that really affected a lot of his race. So I think for, for Logan, he wanted more for sure, but I think that wing damage really, really hurt him and, and hurt the team as well. But, I mean, Alex Albon, dude, man, that guy, he's – He's fast. He is fast. Yeah, it, you know it, it's it's funny, kind of like watching Alex because you know it's it's like he had the chance with Red Bull that didn't really work out. It was like he he was going to be the the one that kind of came in and picked up uh, the pieces after Pierre Gasly dropped the ball, and then he kind of fast forward like a year later. He had like a great half season, and then he finds himself almost the same position that Pierre was in. And then you know he's you know he's not in a car, and then but he made a, a really you know gutsy call i think to to break away from the red bull system like that that he did to go to a team like 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 williams and it, it was kind of a cool moment i thought that you know because i i'll be honest i don't really sit in on his comms all that often during a race like actually never <laughs> but i thought it was a pretty cool moment uh, it was probably in the first 10 or 15 laps of the race where he's he's on the radio disagreeing with the you know the guys back in the garage saying that he doesn't agree with the the calls the, and the strategy that they that they're making. I thought I thought that was really cool. I was just like I, I got respect for that for you, you to say that, and I thought it was cool that you know the you know the the producers picked up on that and threw that out for 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 public consumption. Um, want to do some Twitter questions? We got one. Sure, let's do some t- Actually, Twitter ones. All right, uh, from Taylor Ray. Any chance to freeze? Loses his seat uh, mid-season. <laughs> that, that's think? a great question for from Taylor Ray because I kind of 
Yeah, man. I, I've been kind of wondering that myself. I was just like, you, you know, Tim, I remember we sat down, we were talking about this back in the winter. We thought of the, like yeah. out of all the crop of the, 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 the rookie drivers, like DeFries would be that much stronger than, than, than yeah. a, anyone else. Cause he's been racing at yeah. a pretty high level and I'm looking, I'm like, just like, man, this is not good. And we know that Red Bull is pretty notorious and let, let's face it. I mean, he's racing for Alpha Towery, but I mean, that's all part of the Red Bull family and yep. you know that's ultimately headed up by helmet marco and I, I i wouldn't be surprised if he finds himself like like out at some point in in the year here yeah i i uh, i agree with you it's been shocking really to watch i mean but at the end of the day it it's really hard to give him the benefit of the doubt simply because of all of the f1 seasoning that he does actually have like he's spent yeah. more times in and out like i we always talked to we talked about this on this podcast saying like he we don't really look at him as a rookie no we because don't he kind of isn't i mean like technically he he is and some of these tracks he hasn't really been at but mm-hmm. for the most part he's been involved in formula one he's been doing simulator work for mercedes he's been like test driver reserve driver he had a bunch of seat time in f1 cars last season it's like this isn't this isn't like totally new for him i mean yeah he's he's not like he's completely uh, green like logan or piastri right yeah 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 Yeah. it's yeah exactly pretty nasty yeah and piastri's been uh piastri's been impressive though he's been good oh i agree yeah yeah he's been uh, been pushing lando Oh, definitely, definitely. Push it, brother. This has been good times. Uh, let everybody that know was, what you got going on and where they can was, where they can find you. Before we tie side off, I thought you said Twitter yeah, questions. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize it was a Twitter Twitter question, but all good. Well, anyways, thank you for. We got another yeah. one. I got. I got. To, it was not really a question. It's like the Miami track is awful. They cannot go there again. I mean, it's not that, really a question. So. Yeah, that's not a question. That's a statement. Uh, anyways, I, I don't want to hijack your show, but uh, yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it as always. You can find me on um, on Scootery F1 Podcast with Mr. Mark Hamilton. We have two shows a week. You can find us on Apple Podcast and Spotify on Twitter, all those good places, and occasionally here, cameo having a cameo here on uh, Nailing the Apex uh, with, with Mr. Rainey. So good time as always, my yeah, friend. Thanks. Thanks, brother, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Anytime. Uh, you have been listening to Nailing the Apex. I'm Tim Haraney. If you want more from me, you can get me on social media at Tim Haraney. Please head on over to Spotify. Give us a five-star rating and a follow. Same goes with Apple Podcasts. Write a review. It helps us grow the pod a lot. And we'll talk to you all later. <laughs>